Welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're your hosts, Kevin and Aisha Shelton. And we are back. We say the same thing every time, but we back again. Smash that like button. Oh, God. Okay. I guess that's just as annoying and as me saying we're back. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, people say it for the YouTube algorithm. Smash the like button. Hit that notification bell and follow us. The algorithm, though? The algorithm. That's what the people be saying. That's what the, the YouTubers be saying. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my YouTube numbers up, man. Okay. So we read a great book. We did. It, and not only did we read the book, they came to the Houston area to discuss the book. And they are New York Times bestsellers. Yay. Congratulations, Kevin and Melissa. So that book is? Um, Marriage Be Hard. By Kevin and Melissa Fredericks. Yes, Kevin and Melissa Fredericks. So we had the opportunity to see Kevin and Melissa speak. Or Kev on stage. Kev on stage, speak. And this is not like paid endorsement or anything like that. We no, just, we just read the book. Two married people who enjoyed listening to their podcast when it was in rotation. So the Love Our Podcast. And um, they wrote a book. So they ended the podcast. Excuse me. Ended the podcast, wrote a book. And... The book was really good because marriage really do be hard. Marriage is definitely hard. Um, And I feel like it did. So we wanted to take this time. Let me start there. We wanted to take this time to kind of do a book review and our feedback, but not only our feedback, kind of like our experiences and some of the ways it impacted us. Yeah, I like that. I think we should do more book reviews. We should. That's good topics. So check out Marriage Be Hard by Kevin and Melissa Fredericks. If you're in the Houston area, I would encourage you to stop by Kindred Stories Bookstore in the Houston area. That is a Houston-based Black-owned bookstore in the Third Ward area. Amazon affiliate link. You could do that, too, if you're not in the Houston area. Support black businesses, but also I'm a black business. Support this black business. (laughs) Um, But Marriage Be Hard, the book, what were your thoughts on it? So to jump into the book, the thing that I really liked about the book, number one, on the audio book, which I'm an auditory learner for those of you who know me and I've talked about books before, they narrate it. So I love that. So that was one of the best parts of the book for me was hearing the voices because it's very similar to listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, we listened to the podcast back when it was on. Um, I like their journey because I definitely, there's parts of their journey that are very similar to ours. So the things that I enjoyed the book was, you know, kind of them leaving their jobs and them talking about their struggles. Some of the earlier stuff, like the churchy beginnings, I don't necessarily have that background for that. But as they got into the, you know, working a straight job with the aspirations and the dreams, I definitely got into that. And even how they live now and working together and stuff like that. Definitely a lot that I could identify with. Yeah. So I feel like it's a really good book for our community, for the marriage and real estate community, because we're married and we're in business together for the most part, regardless of if somebody is working a nine to five and the other person is out here doing the entrepreneur real estate thing or both. But it did a really good job at talking about their journey and some of their struggles. Right. And not just like struggles in marriage, because those existed, too. But it discussed some of the struggles that they were having with um one of them leaving their job Mm -hmm. and that sense of independence um, and wanting to have, and it was particularly Melissa who wanted to make sure she had her own money, right? She didn't want to be dependent upon Kevin completely. Yeah. Um, And then I also like the fact that they, 
that they discuss how she felt when she left her job, like the insecurity that she felt even in her own marriage. I mean, and even the the faith that it took. And I can identify this from a Kevin on stage perspective. Like, you know, he's like, hey, trust me, leave this job. And her being like, nah, I'm cool. I want to <laughs> make sure this mortgage gets paid and whatever. Um, so it's definitely the the optimal battle between a stabilizer and an igniter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which in some moments it worked out for them. And in some moments it didn't. And definitely early in their marriage when it didn't work out for them. Those were rifts that lasted a long time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that people don't really think about those arguments, those small fractures can turn into to big chasms over time in mm-hmm. a marriage. Yep. That's how people end up 20 years later just staring at each other like, hey, you know, or the kids grow up and move on. And then you're like, I don't know this person anymore. It's somewhere along the way there was a little micro tear in your relationship that just grew and grew and grew that, you know three months that you didn't have sex or that, you know, whatever. And it just became this bigger thing. So uh, it gives a really good window into that in their marriage Mm -hmm. and some good practical lessons about how you can start to repair that stuff. It also was really cool to see, to, to feel like, or to read in the book, like, Oh, y'all had this problem too, because you think, and you feel like when you're in the silos of your marriage, Mm -hmm. that you're the only couple that struggle with whatever that struggle may be. Mm -hmm. Um, And listening to that, book from beginning to end there were several different places where I feel like us as a couple could identify with Um, and then when I think about the people that have been guests on our podcast or people that we know personally that are kind of on this marriage and real estate journey how they've had some of these similar experiences too so I definitely would say it's an excellent read um, and you should absolutely pick it up, but don't just pick it up and read it for yourself. Read it with your partner. If you can get your partner to read it, whether that's audiobook or physical book or whatever, if you can get your partner to read it, it would be so much more beneficial because there's so many aha moments like, oh man, you got it. Remember when they said this? Cause we had a lot of those kinds of moments as no, well. The coolest thing is probably, and I'm after reading the book, I could go back and look at our own life is when something was supposed to happen out for them and it didn't happen. And then you see the years later because, you know, they got 20 years of marriage. So 20 years of life experience. Right. So the things that they encountered early in their marriage, whether it's their first house or whatever, to, you know, even a couple of years ago, losing um, their dream house. And then what that spoiler alert, it's not a spoiler alert. If you follow them, you, you know, you know, so, I mean, I, these are all publicly documented stories, but what it doesn't document is the feelings behind it. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, when they do share their feelings about that first house and, you know, Hey, one person want to let that house go into foreclosure and another person like, Oh no, maybe we should rent it out. (laughs) And then even, you know, with this, this latest thing right before the pandemic losing their dream house. Yeah. Those are real world situations. And I don't think people think about it like that. Right. Like you don't think about this loss year or whatever. Three years later, you feel differently, you know, yeah. and, and something happens with that. And I know for us, especially after our 2019 and all of the, the trials in our life and our marriage, while, you know, we didn't necessarily lose a house. We lost lots of other things we did. and we gained lots of other things. Mm-hmm. And it's only now you know, that we can go back and look and say, man, I'm glad, 
you know, it's like we talked about yesterday with, you know, Charleston number two or whatever. It's like, well, look how the market changed. It know? was. So I and I say and I'll say that, too. So it's always affirming. Mm-hmm. And now I can stand in the affirmation of like, no. Right. So you make these well laid out plans. And for some reason, God says no. Like it's it's just a no. Like it does it's not gonna work. So in the book Marriage Be Hard, their no was they were building their dream home mm-hmm. and right before they were gonna close like um, literally. Yeah, right before they were gonna close, like literally you choose just imagine choosing everything that you want in your dream home. If you've ever built a house before, you visit it all the time. You are you just simply can't wait to get into this space. And then right before the pandemic jumbo loans kind of went bust right so they have this big beautiful home and they couldn't finance the house right so they had to let it go but what it was what it felt like and what the long-range plan was was a setup for them to buy their studio right Mm -hmm. and they were already in la were they already in california they were all in california okay so to buy their studio and so you couldn't you couldn't call that like you couldn't predict it but it was tough it was more tough for melissa than it was for kevin but it was still tough to like go through this entire process and be this close to what you feel like is your dream because you have something greater on the other side and so our story just to add a little color to what you were saying so we built a million dollar home in third ward in Houston. Right. And the plan was there was a lot for sale, two houses down from that. So the plan was to buy that lot. And not only was it the plan, we literally bought the lot. (laughs) We closed. We own, we bought the lot. We owned the lot next to it. And we were like, okay, we're going to put another million dollar house, two houses down, literally close the transaction. Like both parties signed. And the only thing that was left was for money to be exchanged for it to be for consideration, right? Closed and funded. It did not fund on a clerical error. It did not fund. Okay. And in that not funding, another buyer came and scooped it from underneath us, offered more money, and we didn't get the house. And we had to let it go. We there did. was a moment we could have sued. We could have done a vote. I mean, and it really, we we were like, there's a reason. If it's not for us. But we learned that lesson. We, But we did learn that lesson. But it was so much easier to let that go. And it was disappointing mm-hmm. because let me be clear, I want to sell two million dollar houses right next door to each other. Like that would be great for income for this construction company and amazing commission for me as a real estate agent. But it was a no. And we were just like, for whatever reason, we're not supposed to have it. OK, this was last year. Mm-hmm. This was last no, year. It was earlier this year. It was earlier this year. OK, this year. so flip the coin. We sold the million dollar house. We set the comps in the area. And then today, interest rates are 7%. Yep. Right. So if you can imagine the difference between a mortgage on a 7%, uh, a million dollar house on a 7% interest rate versus I think when our buyers bought, they were at like four. four. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. It's a huge difference. It's just a, it's a big amount of money. So the ability to move that property this million dollar property, it just wouldn't have been see, as seamless. Part of, even though our buyers, as as well qualified as they are, they wouldn't have bought our house at seven percent. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough one. But God said no. And so it was 
it was just affirming to see, to read that in the book. I feel like when you're married, you'll go through different phases of that in your marriage. And I think if each and every one of you stop and take a look back, you can look back and say, oh, that's why God didn't give us that. Or, oh, that's why that didn't work out the way we wanted it to. And you can see the reason why a little bit further ahead. But it gives it, the thing that I really liked about the book, especially being married and being in business it gives you insight into somebody else's journey, which, of course, mirrors your own. Right. So you get to see, OK, what's five years past where we are now look like what's, you know, three years past where mm-hmm. we are now look like. So when I I look at even some of the opportunities on the table are our struggles today mm-hmm. and I go, oh, well, man, they were struggling with this three years ago. And here's how that worked out for them. And while it doesn't work out for you necessarily the same way, what it does is show you that it will work out some kind of way. Yeah. It gives you faith, right? Like 99% of the time when you're going through it, you feel like this world ending. this is going to be, I mean, the, the sky is opening up and the Lord is taking away everything you got. And that's just not true. It's a temporary feeling. It's a momentary feeling. And I'm the king of momentary feeling. The king. absolute king but having perspective helps calm that down yeah so you know it's like when you have the ability to take inventory of what you do have and then you get to see through somebody else's experiences it turning into something beautiful yeah you can have appreciation for where you are and sit in the faith that it requires to last to whatever the next outcome is going to be. So what did you like walk away with? What did you like walk away and, and was there anything that you feel like you could do different or that you specifically identified with and was like, okay, I could, I could change this or fix this or do something better. Well, there are about three points that I I specifically took away from first. If you work with your spouse and y'all work well together, do everything in your power to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that, you know, they lost along the way was that. Yeah. Uh, and that was a cautionary tale. Second part is it always gets better. Yeah. Right. Always gets better. No matter mm-hmm. what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Does it always get better or it always gets better when two people are working towards the same outcome? Because it do not always get better. I feel like. <laughs> well, you're at a good. You're right. Okay. If you're working Let me on go it. with it. Go with it. If go with it. If you're working on it, it always gets better. Okay. Now, that's true. If you're not working on it, it, it will get certainly worse. Mm-hmm. But if you're working on it, it always gets better. That's a good frame up. The third part is um, when you're chasing your dreams, right, you have to, it has to be all inclusive thing. Mm-hmm. It can't be one person's yep. dream. Yep. It has to be both of your dreams mm-hmm. because what happens is, you sacrifice so much along the way that it creates this resentment and there's a loss of sense of self for that other person. So one person may be doing great and the other person may be suffering. So you have to do it collaboratively so that both people can feel whole when you get to wherever you're going. Yeah. And I feel like at the end of the book that Melissa was still kind of struggling with that. Right. Like, Kevin is where she cried the entire book. Yeah. Kevin was where he he wants to be. And his dream has been, you know, not ultimately realized because he has grander dreams, but he's he's living his dream. And she's still trying to figure out what her life and her dream. But I think that's something they lost along the way, but can be recaptured. Right. But she has some self-discovery. 
that's a part of that. And we've been there before, too, when, you know, I'm trying to figure out who am I? What am I doing? What does this look like? And you always knew what your life, what your dream was and you were pursuing it. And I'm in the middle trying to figure out, well, who am I going to be in this new space that we're in and where am I going to reside? And so I think that's something that comes up for other, for couples that are in this space, too. But there's one person who's very dead set on what that dream is and another person who's still trying to figure out where they fit into it. No, that's true. And I, I think that's where the working with your partner part comes in. Right. Because, you know, he had to create space and comfort for her to now feel comfortable mm -hmm. figuring like he had to do a lot to stabilize them. And I'm, I'm thinking about the story uh, to add color about, you know, them ending the love our podcast and them starting a new podcast to replace the income. <laughs> that was so messed right. up. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> what it shows is this, the sacrifice that he was making was to make sure they had a stable financial base. Right now. It definitely showed up real messed up. It really seemed like he just didn't want to work with her no more. Because for you to quit your podcast with your wife and then start a no, new podcast, no. if I would have done that to you, she you would be the podcast. in your fit. No, they decided to cancel the podcast. No, no, no. She said. Because of Kevin's time. She was trying to help him with his She was time. trying to give him more time. He didn't ask for no time. He ain't asked for no time. Listen. I, I'll tell you this. You cancel this podcast and go start the uh uh real estate and real estate podcast you would be upset you, i would be pissed. i know that's what i'm saying for you for us to make a joint decision and say hey we're going to cancel this podcast that we're doing together and then i go do a podcast with some other people that's that's why you always work with your spouse that's <laughs> that's the you, lesson i learned that's why you always work with your spouse look I've even I'm planning the new office for us now i got our offices <laughs> right smack together oh my god like because literally Work with your spouse. It was also you good. It. You know what What was reignited for me and these common themes that I feel like as a wife, I always have to be reminded about how important it is to check in um, with intimacy in our marriage. You know what I'm saying? That is super easy to get comfortable with the mundane of life or the growth of your business and all of that, that you don't spend time like being intimate and mm -hmm. more than just sexual, but intimate time with your yeah. partner. And uh, when you're climbing the top or racing towards your dream, like you don't want to miss that. And one of the reasons, and they didn't say this in the book, but in my mind, I'm thinking one of the reasons that you don't want to miss that is because when you do get to the top and there's that void there that exists, somebody is vulnerable. You no, know what true. I'm saying? And it's a hole in your marriage. Yeah, that's right. a that's a vulnerability in your marriage. And so it's always good for me to listen to books and also be Lacking accountable in my household. Like, OK. And also be accountable with other women. Right. Like I had a group of friends before that we used to check in and be like, girl, did you get your husband some? Because, you know, that's a good man. He really needs <laughs> you really should do that. Like it, it's it. You have to check in because it's so easy to get just caught up with. All of the rest of the stuff in life. You also got to express your feelings, too, because, you know, sometimes I think that comfort is a thing and, and boundaries are a thing. Right. So they talked know, about that. Yeah. They talked about boundaries because when you don't work with your spouse and you're kind of off on your own, boundaries are a thing. So for those of you who one spouse is working and the other spouse is entrepreneur, entrepreneurial. You have to have boundaries because that's the only thing that's going to help 
this partner that's working every day feel comfortable to affect you out in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's a hard feeling. Yeah. Somebody going to work every day, they're going clocking in this job and vice versa. Cause somebody could get it at the job too. Right. So you have to have those boundaries to protect your marriage and your partner, but it's y'all forsaking the world. So you need to make sure like, Hey, look, if you don't feel comfortable with this, no problem. Let me take care of that. If I don't feel comfortable with this, hopefully, you know, you take care of that because at the end of the day, the important relationship is your marriage. All these people, you know, there's going to be a lot of people around, but you want to protect uh, your marriage. And I think to sum up like the entire book, where they came from and where they are right now. And the overarching theme was how important communication is in your marriage yep. and making sure that you're having consistent um, and intentional conversations about how you feeling, how you feeling, like, what do you need and what do you need? Or wait, is this a problem for you? Let's talk about what that how how that can look going forward kind of thing. Um, and again, another easy way to get like loss like you just get so so busy doing the the work of life or the work of business that you that that part gets lost and so it i think it was a reminder for us no it was a great book we look forward to the next one um absolutely marriage be hard for those of you check the link in the bio please kindred stories if you're in the h Mm -hmm. and uh if not this is marriage and real estate podcast i'm kevin and that's aisha we out